Welcome to Bible 2 Go. Luke chapters 14 through 16 is today's Bible reading. Read and listen to the Bible daily where we read through the complete New Testament in 90 days. Today's Bible reading from the message. Visit the audio Bible 2 Go archive for all previous Bible readings. Thank you for being with us today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, help me understand your word. The words I'm reading today. Help me to love others. As you have and do. Love me. Amen. Let's begin today's Bible reading in Luke 14. 1 3 One time when Jesus went for a Sabbath meal with one of the top leaders of the Pharisees, all the guests had their eyes on him, watching his every move. Right before him there was a man hugely swollen in his joints. So Jesus asked the religion scholars and Pharisees present, Is it permitted to heal on the Sabbath? Yes or no? 4 6 They were silent. So he took the man, healed him, and sent him on his way. Then he said, Is there anyone here who, if a child or animal fell down a well, wouldn't rush to pull him out immediately, not asking whether or not it was the Sabbath? They were stumped. There was nothing they could say to that. Invite the misfits. 7-9 He went on to tell a story to the guests around the table. Noticing how each had tried to elbow into the place of honor, he said, When someone invites you to dinner, don't take the place of honor somebody more important than you might have been invited by the host. Then he'll come and call out in front of everybody, you were in the wrong place. The place of honor belongs to this man. Embarrassed, you'll have to make your way to the very last table, the only place left. 10 to 11 When you're invited to dinner, go and sit at the last place. Then when the host comes he may very well say, friend, come up to the front. That will give the dinner guests something to talk about. What I'm saying is, if you walk around all high and mighty, you're going to end up flat on your face. But if you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. 12-14 And he turned to the host. The next time you put on a dinner, don't just invite your friends and family and rich neighbors, the kind of people who will return the favor. Invite some people who never get invited out, the misfits from the wrong side of the tracks. You'll be, an experience, a blessing. They won't be able to return the favor, but the favor will be returned, oh, how it will be returned at the resurrection of God's people. The story of the dinner party. 15 that triggered a response from one of the guests, how fortunate the one who gets to eat dinner in God's kingdom. 16-17 Jesus followed up. Yes, for there was once a man who threw a great dinner party and invited many. When it was time for dinner, he sent out his servant to the invited guests, saying, come on in, the food's on the table. 18 then they all began to beg off, one after another making excuses. The first said, I bought a piece of property and need to look it over. Send my regrets. 19 Another said, I just bought five teams of oxen, and I really need to check them out. Send my regrets. 20 And yet another said, I just got married and need to get home to my wife. 21 The servant went back and told the master what had happened. He was outraged and told the servant, quickly, get out into the city streets and alleys. Collect all who look like they need a square meal, all the misfits and homeless and down and out you can lay your hands on and bring them here. 22 The servant reported back, Master, I did what you commanded, and there's still room. 23-24 The master said, Then go to the country roads. Whoever you find, drag them in. I want my house full. Let me tell you, not one of those originally invited is going to get so much as a bite at my dinner party. Figure the cost. 25-27 One day when large groups of people were walking along with him, Jesus turned and told them, Anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self, 
can't be my disciple. Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. 28-30 Is there anyone here who, planning to build a new house, doesn't first sit down and figure the cost so you'll know if you can complete it? If you only get the foundation laid and then run out of money, you're going to look pretty foolish. Everyone passing by will poke fun at you, he started something he couldn't finish. 31-32 Or can you imagine a king going into battle against another king without first deciding whether it is possible with his 10,000 troops to face the 20,000 troops of the other? And if he decides he can't, won't he send an emissary and work out a truce? 33 Simply put, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you can't be my disciple. 34-35 Salt is excellent. But if the salt goes flat, it's useless, good for nothing. Are you listening to this? Really listening? Luke 15. The Story of the Lost Sheep. 1-3 By this time a lot of men and women of questionable reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. The Pharisees and religion scholars were not pleased, not at all pleased. They growled, He takes in sinners and eats meals with them, treating them like old friends. Their grumbling triggered this story. 4-7 Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and lost one. Wouldn't you leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the lost one until you found it? When found, you can be sure you would put it across your shoulders, rejoicing, and when you got home call in your friends and neighbors, saying, celebrate with me. I've found my lost sheep. Count on it, there's more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over ninety-nine good people in no need of rescue. The Story of the Lost Coin 8-10 Or imagine a woman who has ten coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and scour the house, looking in every nook and cranny until she finds it. And when she finds it you can be sure she'll call her friends and neighbors, celebrate with me. I found my lost coin. Count on it, that's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. The Story of the Lost Son 11-12 A Then he said, There was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. 12 B 16 So the father divided the property between them. It wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through that country and he began to feel it. He signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs. He was so hungry he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop, but no one would give him any. 1728 That brought him to his senses. He said, all those farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God, I've sinned before you, I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. He got right up and went home to his father. 20b21 When he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him, and kissed him. The son started his speech, Father, I've sinned against God, I've sinned before you, I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. 22-24 But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants, quick. Bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a prize-winning heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive. Given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. 25-27 All this time his older son was out in the field. When the day's work was done he came in. As he approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. Calling over one of the houseboys, he asked what was going on. He told him, your brother came home. Your father has ordered a feast, barbecued beef. 
because he has him home safe and sound. 28-30 The older brother stomped off in an angry sulk and refused to join in. His father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. The son said, Look how many years I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief, but have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then this son of yours who has thrown away your money on horse shows up and you go all out with a feast. 31-32 His father said, Son, you don't understand. You're with me all the time, and everything that is mine is yours, but this is a wonderful time, and we had to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead, and he's alive. He was lost, and he's found. Luke 16. The Story of the Crooked Manager. 1-2 Jesus said to his disciples, There was once a rich man who had a manager. He got reports that the manager had been taking advantage of his position by running up huge personal expenses. So he called him in and said, What's this I hear about you? You're fired. And I want a complete audit of your books. 3 to 4 The manager said to himself, What am I going to do? I've lost my job as manager. I'm not strong enough for a laboring job, and I'm too proud to beg. Ah, I've got a plan. Here's what I'll do. Then when I'm turned out into the street, people will take me into their houses. 5 Then he went at it. One after another, he called in the people who were in debt to his master. He said to the first, How much do you owe my master? 6 He replied, A hundred jugs of olive oil. The manager said, Here, take your bill, sit down here, quick now, write fifty. Seven at the next he said, And you, what do you owe? He answered, A hundred sacks of wheat. He said, Take your bill, write in eighty. Eight to nine now here's a surprise, the master praised the crooked manager. And why? Because he knew how to look after himself. Streetwise people are smarter in this regard than law-abiding citizens. They are on constant alert, looking for angles, surviving by their wits. I want you to be smart in the same way, but for what is right, using every adversity to stimulate you to creative survival, to concentrate your attention on the bare essentials, so you'll live, really live, and not complacently just get by on good behavior. God sees behind appearances. 10:13 Jesus went on to make these comments. If you're honest in small things, you'll be honest in big things. If you're a crook in small things, you'll be a crook in big things. If you're not honest in small jobs, who will put you in charge of the store? No worker can serve two bosses. He'll either hate the first and love the second, or adore the first and despise the second. You can't serve both God and the bank. 14:18 When the Pharisees, a money-obsessed bunch, heard him say these things, they rolled their eyes, dismissing him as hopelessly out of touch. So Jesus spoke to them, You are masters at making yourselves look good in front of others, but God knows what's behind the appearance. What society sees and calls monumental. God sees through and calls monstrous. God's law and the prophets climaxed in John. Now it's all kingdom of God, the glad news. And compelling invitation to every man and woman. The sky will disintegrate and the earth dissolve. Before a single letter of God's law wears out. Using the legalities of divorce. As a cover for lust is adultery. Using the legalities of marriage. As a cover for lust is adultery. The rich man and Lazarus. 19-21 There once was a rich man, expensively dressed in the latest fashions, wasting his days in conspicuous consumption. A poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, had been dumped on his doorstep. All he lived for was to get a meal from scraps off the rich man's table. His best friends were the dogs who came and licked his sores. 22-24 Then he died, this poor man, and was taken up by the angels to the lap of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell and in torment, 
he looked up and saw Abraham in the distance and Lazarus in his lap. He called out, Father Abraham, mercy! Have mercy! Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water to cool my tongue. I'm in agony in this fire. 25-26 But Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime you got the good things and Lazarus the bad things. It's not like that here. Here he's consoled and you're tormented. Besides, in all these matters there is a huge chasm set between us so that no one can go from us to you even if you wanted to, nor can anyone cross over from you to us. 27-28 The rich man said, Then let me ask you, Father, send him to the house of my father where I have five brothers, so he can tell them the score and warn them so they won't end up here in this place of torment. 29 Abraham answered, They have Moses and the prophets to tell them the score. Let them listen to them. 30 I know, Father Abraham, he said, but they're not listening. If someone came back to them from the dead, they would change their ways. 31 Abraham replied, If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they're not going to be convinced by someone who rises from the dead. Amen. Read through the New Testament in 90 days. Bible. Dot the number 2. Then. G. O. Dot U.S. See you again tomorrow.